Think Again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 56th program of Think Again, and our 14th remote program in the time of the coronavirus. The program is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organization that has been dedicated to social change for over 20 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Today we're talking about the latest moves in the federal government's ongoing campaign to run down tertiary education in our country. This time, the most visible part of that of that assault is against the humanities, arts and social sciences. Yeah, so coincidentally, which is inverted commas, Coincidentally, the attacks are against the subject areas aimed at improving our ability to think critically and understand our world and our history, or to think again when we're fed guff. Yeah. The attacks on these subject areas also continue a ferocious and systematic erosion of what once was a diverse, solid, and especially free higher education system in Australia. To first first describe the situation a bit, even in the midst of the general economic fallout of the COVID-19 lockdown, it was hard to miss the dramatic bits of news about what was going on with universities. As we know, governments of both colours have savagely cut their funding to universities for decades, since the Mm -hmm. early to mid-90s, to be more precise. As economist Ross Gittens reveals, over 30 years, they have pursued a bipartisan policy of cutting. This meant, for example, for Sydney University, they lost about 60% federal funding over 30 Mm. years. It's incredible. Of Mm. course, this was part of a neoliberal push to make unis pretend to be private institutions, even while governments are still setting their fee structures for students. Mm. Yeah, so the shortfall was to be made up by productivity increases. So productivity increases, also in inverted commas, this this translates into larger classes, less contact hours and cheaper lecturers. Uh, it also translated into increased study fees for locals and the harvesting, harvesting of international so-called full fee-paying students. And boy, did that work. Yeah. Delivering tertiary education to onshore and offshore overseas customers translated into fabulous executive salaries, mm. gleaming new buildings, preventing even steeper rises in local study fees, which is interesting, and education mm. becoming Australia's second or third largest export sector. Yeah, and and isn't it interesting that education has come to be seen as an export Mm -hmm. sector? And then, of course, (laughs) then came COVID-19 with the enormous drop in the numbers of foreign students and, as we all know, Mm -hmm. the house of cards. 
starts to fall. And now we have Eunice teetering indeed on the brink of bankruptcy. As Eunice were not really private enterprises, no job keeper for staff applied, no job seeker for foreign students who were still around, you know, wanting to finish mm. their study and unable to go mm. home and therefore also losing their precarious jobs. So what to do? Well, we could think, of course, of increasing the federal funding, thinking mm-hmm. about it as a stimulus measure, couldn't we? Oh, no, that would be sacrilegious. We couldn't possibly dip into the $60 billion we didn't need to spend on the stimulus. Do you remember? Mm, Better keep it to make the budget look better. Now the sector could come up and should come up with its own remedies. And so that's where we are at. Mm. So what is on the table? What what wonderful creative solutions has the government come up with? Mm. Well, Dantian... Minister for Education says it will fund an extra 39,000 university places by 2023 and 100,000 new university places by the end of the decade or decade. That sounds good, doesn't it? Wow, 100,000 new places by the end of the decade. And it won't cost us, meaning the coalition's budget, any more money. What? So all those extra places and it doesn't cost any more money. Mm, So someone's paying, aren't they? How can that be? And where will the money for those extra 39,000 university places by 2023 come from? Start smelling a rat or or something? (laughs) Mm, Well, (laughs) under their proposal... The feds would cut their funding for tertiary students roughly by $1,900 per year per student. So that's nearly $2,000 per student per year it would cut. So it's cutting it from students. So who will pay this $1,900 shortfall per student? Where, Where does the money for that come from? Well, to cover this, the average cost increase the students themselves or their families are set to pay about $670 per year. So the students themselves are picking up part of it. So mm-hmm. there's all those extra places and students are paying that. That's an extra $670 per year for students and families. Yeah, and the average mm. cost increase for universities to teach them would be about $1,200 per year per student. Putting exact exact numbers aside, the point is that while the government says it would be creating more university places, about two-thirds of the cost would be paid for by universities and about one-third would be paid for by students themselves. Yeah, and Mm. for the first time in decades, students would pay a greater proportion of the overall domestic teaching bill than the Commonwealth. And where would you need to get the money from, you think? As Ross Gittins in the age thankfully explains for us, they'll have to do more with less. And a hodgepodge Mm. of, as he says, the hodgepodge of big cuts, small cuts, small increases and big increases, they are intended to give the appearance of them doing something to increase employment, Mm. to gratify the Liberal Party's antipathy to unis and to divert attention from how unis have been shortchanged. 
That's mm-hmm. pretty damning stuff, yes. isn't it? Yeah. And I mm-hmm. think we need some music after that. Field of Dreams mm-hmm. by Beaches, followed by a promo. If you care for a friend or someone in your family with disability, a medical condition, or who is elderly, Carer Gateway can help you get free support. Carer Gateway has lots of services to help carers. There's counselling, financial and peer support, and online courses that you can do at your own pace. They also have respite services to help you look after the person you care for while you take a break. 
Call Carer Gateway on 1800 422 737 or visit the website carergateway.gov.au. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR Digital and Streaming Life at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about proposed changes to uni fees and the creation of uncritical and docile citizens. Mm. The other part of the federal proposal that we've been talking about, and that's really got everyone talking, is the plan to raise the price of degrees in humanities, arts and social sciences in particular. This is to discourage students from doing these subjects. So uh, Katie Allen, Liberal member for Higgins, prefers the term disincentivise. According to Katie Allen, the government wants to lower the price of degrees that, and I'm quoting her Mm. article in the age, that will deliver more job-ready graduates in the disciplines and regions where they are needed most and help drive the nation's economic recovery post-COVID-19. COVID-19, I mean. Arts degrees (laughs) would end up costing around $45,000 whilst you could be delivered an engineering degree for a third of that price. Mm. So off to cheap degrees in science, technology, engineering and maths, STEM for short. So what's wrong with that? Well, the degrees the federal government wants to discourage or disincentivise students from doing include those that tend to introduce students into critical thinking, Subjects like philosophy, history and sociology. I don't think it's too really too much of a stretch to say that the government really wants to have docile citizens. Mm, Docile citizens who presumably will get a job straight away, but who won't make too much noise and who would be grateful for the opportunity. It refers to deliver responsible Mm. citizens who don't look into the rich and deep history, for example, history and culture of Aboriginal peoples, apart from occasionally probably visiting a museum or Mm. a few cave paintings. It wants docile citizens who don't talk too much about the brutal dispossession of Aboriginal people from their ancestral lands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're good examples, Shark. Definitely it Mm. wants pliable citizens, not rabble raises, or is it rabble raises or rabble rousers, like Mm -hmm. um, all the 3CR Mm -hmm. people, I guess, who always find fault with what the government says or does. (laughs) And just to make sure, they reduce funding for for environmental studies by $100,000. Oh, no, sorry, about $10,000 it is. (laughs) (laughs) My enthusiasm. (laughs) So those who complain about environmental degradation and our destruction of the planet we live on, we'll have to pay for it. And just to clarify, we're not arguing against making STEM courses cheaper. Of course, they're worthwhile subjects to study. Mm. If only the government will listen to those who then study that, become scientists, Mm. and then start talking about climate change and what we need to do about it. As Mm. Thomas Keneally also argues in the age under the title... Australia's cultural cringe lingers. And the subtitle, there's more to being clever than just push young people into vocational training. 
Mm. More aspects need to be considered than just treating education as something of economic utility alone or of usefulness for getting a job. Mm. The wider context of education, as well as the capabilities and attitudes instilled in students, they are crucial. Yeah, and talking about the context of the changes to education, the proposed increase in cost for humanities studies would cost young women an extra $500 million per year, while it would cost young men only, in inverted commas, an additional $339 million. So it does discriminate against women. $500 million for women it would cost, and $339 million for men. So mm-hmm. th- um, this is yes. according to uh, Curtin University's Rebecca mm. Castles. Yeah, it was yesterday also Caitlin Fitzsummons yesterday in the age confirmed that one as well. Yeah, today. Where are are the classical considerations about the well-rounded student as the ideal graduate of tertiary tertiary studies? Or are we really just about delivering so-called outcomes when dealing with tertiary education? And who Mm. indeed is also going to pay for research? Much research funding was provided for by a portion of the international students' exorbitant fees. And, and another one, why should research only happen in a big and specialised Ivy League unis? Mm-hmm. One can already imagine how that will skew funding towards the white coat research variety rather yeah. than social yeah. sciences and arts, for example. Yeah, that's right. So it's obviously all a continuation of a a neoliberal assault that we've been witnessing for several decades now. Mm -hmm. And this renewed neoliberal assault in education reminds me, Jacques, of our past Think Again program, Managerialism Mm -hmm. as Ideology, Mm -hmm. because managerialism and neoliberalism fit together like a glove, of course. Uh, With Mm -hmm. managerialism, the world is treated like a massive sausage factory, And Gittens also uses that term with inputs, throughputs, outputs, outcomes, KPIs, etc., which will be familiar to a lot of listeners, I'm sure. Mm. It's a hierarchical commanding... Sorry, Jacques? Mm. No, no, it's fine. (laughs) It's a a hierarchical command and control top-down model. Supposedly, those at the top of this hierarchy know where the direction of the business needs to aim. They are smarter than all those lower down, or so it's assumed. Or otherwise, how could you justify giving them the lion's share of the salary pie? Those lower down should just carry out the tasks in the management plan without too much thinking thinking or questioning Mm. And with that thought, we probably need a bit bit of a break as well and have a promo. (laughs) In 2020, 3CR is delivering our Beyond the Bars project differently. We've been speaking to the Indigenous men and women in Victorian prisons over the phone and we'll bring you those chats throughout the week of Monday, July the 6th to Friday, July the 10th. You can also catch up on the audio from the project online at 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars 2020. We want to see our men and women out of the prison system, but while they're still there, we will give them a voice through Beyond the Bars. Make sure you listen in.
You're listening to Think Again, 3CR 855 AM on your dial. 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about the proposed changes to the fee structure for universities and what that means for universities, students and us as citizens. If you were aspiring to an authoritarian state, how would you educate people for this model? Firstly, you would cut out all advanced education about politics, philosophy, ethics, critical reasoning, history, culture studies, the study of society, and so on. You would just want to train the people to do the job, wouldn't you? Indeed, as Jacqueline Maley suggests in the Sunday Age, this is the time of the Mm. barbarians. Mm. And you'd put people with MBAs, with uh, Masters of Business Administration, and with business experience on top of your universities, rather than academics. And of course, you would pay them over a billion dollars a year as CEOs obviously deserve. Yeah. And of course, it's really folly to second-guess the future in detail anyway, let alone have anything meaningful to say about likely numbers of uh, unspecified future jobs and what what it will do to take them um, and what it will do to do the, what it will, sorry, what it will take to do them well. So that's a lot of mm-hmm. second-guessing, minute second-guessing of the future. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's right. the wisdom we get from complexity theory, that things emerge in the dynamic processes and interactions of life. We, we don't have such minute, minutely forecasting crystal balls. Mm-hmm. And given all the additional uncertainties humans are producing as we stumble along, especially the things we know we need to do around sustainability, they really make a mockery of Dan Tians and Katie Allen's and their colleagues' certitude about what actually makes students job ready. Yeah, and especially when they can't even understand the future of climate, the current mm-hmm, and future yeah. of climate change. So, mm-hmm. um, for the last 40 years, young people have been told, really, to prepare themselves for at least three or four careers. So if we really want to prepare young people to be adaptive in that way in the future, they'll need critical awareness, the ability to think well, the capacity to care about each other, in a meaningful way, and to work in cooperation. Mm-hmm. They'll need the ability to take in information from a variety of sources and see the big picture, as well as how to do the job at hand. And we're not alone with this opinion, really, apart from vice-chancellors who can complain about the lack of vision. And VCE students who now have to review their study intentions, a number of journalists and writers have been outspoken and critical. Yeah, Mm. but they're obviously the ones who have had too much humanities education. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Richard Flanagan, quoted in The Age on the 20th of June, he says, This act is of a piece with a society that has for decades now placed ever less value on the creative, the critical, and the questioning, and which regards conformity as the greatest good. Nothing is more helpful than preparing the road to authoritarianism. Mm. Mm. And Thomas Keneally, another writer, suggests that under neoconservative economics, the universities, quote, 
are not a public resource producing ideas through research, but a business providing vocational training. And the business is in great trouble at the moment. In this, unquote, in this model, he says, our dreams and visions become extraneous to an economics that can't define their value. Yeah, and Mailey, Jacqueline Mailey, she links the, uni, the university proposal to the government with the cuts in the ABC funding, calling it a measure of the government-led creep of anti-intellectualism. You, you didn't mean government... Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jacques, you government didn't mean government creeps. creeps. No, oh, <laughs> that's not really. The government-led creep of anti-intellectualism. Mm. Oh. Returning to where we started this program, ever since the abolition of free education under labor in the late 80s with the Dawkins reforms, there has been a gradual slide into what the GetUp organization has called the Americanization of Australian tertiary education. Mm, like selling degrees as products in a market. Yeah, and yeah, and Americanization refers to more than just the latest fees debacle. As former academics ourselves, Jennifer and I have witnessed the loss of important content in uni courses, the lowering of weekly contact hours, the assumption that people will have to work, and a lot now, meanwhile, while they study. Mm and the savage cuts in research, leaving only what's sellable. Then there are the selective cuts in humanities and arts over the years, and the content of courses taking a sort of a a pick-and-choose supermarket approach. Mm, Yeah, making them ready uh, for the supermarket of life, I guess, Shark. Mm, Yeah, and don't get me talking about the mediocrity of online-only learning nowadays. Mm. Yeah, so we are coming to the end of our program again. Uh, So coming back to our main theme, to wrap up, with the proposed changes to uni funding, we're just seeing another move toward de-education of the masses and the creation of docile citizens who don't make too much of a fuss about anything. Mm. So to oppose the proposal to change and raise uni fees, there are several online petitions you can sign just go to your search engine, search for Stop the Fee Hikes Petition. I'll repeat that. Stop the Fee Hikes Petition. Mm. And go and do it, please. Uh, as well, we should thank all of our members, Borderlands members and everyone else to have uh, supported 3CR during its fundraising campaign in June. So thank you to everyone. And I was supposed to yodel uh, because of the fact that uh, several mm-hmm. of our members have actually been giving a lot. So here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was Jennifer who actually made me do this. I so donated your yodel <laughs> for a good cause. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was an abbreviated one. Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio with Jacques Boulet and Jennifer Borel. Remember. If you do want to send us a message or ask about anything from today's program, you can email Borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Just put Think Again in the subject line. Our programs are available on podcasts at the 3CR uh, website, at 3cr.org.au, and it includes also last week's program, which didn't go to air on Friday, 10 o'clock, due to technical difficulties, but it went on air on Saturday. 
We would also like to thank uh, Michaela, Michaela. At the moment for pulling uh, for, for pulling this program together once more from the 3CR studio. Meanwhile, stay tuned for the following program, Jailbreak, which gives the voice to prison inmates, their families and friends. To bring us into this program, we have World Turning by Yothu Yindi.